previously on Growing Up Gilmore. If that happened to you or I, there is no plan B. No. We'd have to... Die. Yeah. I would be <laughs> eaten alive by termites. <laughs> yeah, and I don't the, know. In contrast to his eyes, um, looks nice. But, yeah. But he, I mean, I let him make out with my neck. <laughs> what? I don't, I don't take that out. I'm not taking that. Okay. <laughs> We're gonna do a coyote ugly lemonade, lemonade stand. stand. <laughs> everyone this is amy and this is elise and we are growing up gilmore this week we are tackling season two episode 12 richard in stars hollow this episode kind of feels like an afterthought almost mm. like we got an episode with emily so now we need an episode with richard yeah um <laughs> it's definitely we need to bring Richard in. Yeah, and and he has been missing from the last few episodes. Mm-hmm. So it's I like moments with Richard. I don't think we need Richard all the time. Yeah, similar <clears throat> with Emily. <clears throat> Emily in Wonderland is not one of my favorite episodes. Mm-hmm. And I think that episode and it's clear that other people are not crazy about it either because I don't even think that episode made like our usual like goal for listeners Mm -hmm. so i'm like yeah people are not into that episode and that's completely fair but the fact that this is even just titled richard and stars hollow like (laughs) even the title's like yeah but yeah so i mean i love ed herman though i do too and i do have something in honor of ed um for town hall oh nice okay i'm excited me too okay so elise who is the writer and who is the director for okay. this episode? Um, so we got two newcomers. Um, writer is Frank Lombardi. Okay. I'm totally into that name. Yeah, I love that last Lombardi. name. Lombardi. Um, so his previous work um, includes Mad About You, The Nanny. Okay. Um, that's Happily Divorced. I, I really don't. I've never heard of that. I don't, I'm not, the TV, you know, there's not a ton of uh, accolades that I know, I guess. Okay. Uh, but this is his only episode that he'll write for Gilmore Girls. Got and it. And he's gone. Out of here. And then our director is Steve Gomer. <laughs> okay. What a last name. Yeah, that's... Interesting. <laughs> so his previous work includes not a lot of stuff I know. Um, Veronica Mars. Okay. And did you watch Veronica Mars? Yes, I did. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I like her <clears throat> a lot. Um, Private Practice. Okay. Is sort of um, All Saints. I don't. I don't know that. Sunset Park. Um, yeah, uh, and this is his only direct um, episode he'll direct. And then Steve's out of here. Gomer. Weird. Yeah. So two, like, just completely random. We've never had them before. Never had them. We'll never have them again. Mm -hmm. Just doing this episode. Yep. Weird. I know. It's different, huh? That is different. And that kind of sets a weird tone for the episode, I think, too. Yeah. Because it's like, you think you can just come in here. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> right, one episode. Listen to me, Steve Gilmer. Yeah, like, come on. I don't think so. Lombardi. I do yeah. like that name, though. I do, too. It seems it like Sopranos. The tongue. Yeah, very Sopranos. Yeah. But we'll see how it goes. It's. I do think it's funny to see Richard trying to process retirement, mm-hmm. which is very relevant to my life as my mother is newly retired and she's, you know, keeping busy figuring things out. But it's almost like you start over mm-hmm. and you have to figure things out and yeah. And be like in a different routine. Mm-hmm. That's like with my mom, you yeah. know, their routines are odd. Yeah. Well, it's like, <laughs> what do you do with all of that time? Yeah. I don't, I, I, and you're tired. I can't do it. You, yeah. you don't have as much energy. So it's like when you're older, <laughs> I know, you know, I know. Yeah. Uh, it's but, crazy. But, and then also like, I feel like Richard and stars hollow while this is a Richard episode, it is heavily Dean. And I feel like this is kind of Dean's sort of send off. In a way. Absolutely. As a character. Not yeah. like forever. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Just the kind of last of that we see of Rory and Dean before. Without any the, interruptions. Yeah, without it the what how it evolves, how mm-hmm. their relationship evolves after this is kind of the whirlwind. Right. And this is the last glimpse we really see, I feel like, of Rory and Dean being Rory and Dean. Yeah. Like how we yeah, see them. The next how we episode, used to see them. Yep. The next episode changes everything. Oh, yeah. I was watching some of those episodes and I was like, damn, watching yeah. some of the stuff Rory's doing. And I'm like, oh, oh, my gosh. I know. I don't know if I thought that hard on, on it when I first watched the show. No. If I was noticing things that Rory was doing that was super, super questionable. And honestly, that speaks volumes to Alexis Bledel, too, because Mm -hmm. the way she can show and not tell how she's feeling, like, I'm just thinking of at the end of the next episode when she's sitting on that bed having the phone call. Yeah. You can tell that she knows she shouldn't be doing it Mm -hmm. just by her body language. Yeah. And it's like... It's that sneaky behavior that, like... Yeah. um, The sneaky that you like. I know. Like, it's... (laughs) It's palpitating. Yeah. Yeah, it's... But it's interesting because it's like, yeah, we do like it, but also I think it's kind of, that's like the beginning stages of like her downfall. Yeah, very much so. It's like she's teetering on, you know, do I follow this path of being the good kid and the good girl or do I venture over to the dark side Mm -hmm. and And what's it like over there? Yeah, and is this nature or nurture? Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. It, and I think that it's good writing in the sense of I don't know if it's nature or nurture or, you know what I yeah. mean? Is this her nature? I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting because I think it's easy to say, well, like, she's just like her mother. Like, her mother did those things. But at the same time... I don't... I mean, kind she, of. Lorelai wasn't sneaking as well, much. Not not that we have seen, yeah. but she did talk about hiding a boy in her closet. Yeah. 
And then him like breaking his leg. (laughs) (laughs) Falling off. It happens to all of us. Yeah. But it's like, I don't, I don't see Rory. I mean, we can say Lorelai never dated a man that was married. Yeah. She never. And that's like going far in advance. It's like season four. But there are differences. So what is it about Rory that sets her apart from her mother? Mm -hmm. Because it's there's something. I just I feel like Rory is I think I've mentioned this once before. I feel like that Lorelai. Yes, they're very similar, but I feel like as generations pass, like the her, like Lorelai's next generation would be like Rory or whatever, and she's the evolved next step. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like from the behavior that she's seen of her mother, but she's evolved that beyond further. Right, and it it does get to a point where you're like we're all just like Russian dolls of like our generation. Mm -hmm. And it's like you open it and it gets smaller and smaller, but it's almost like it gets bigger. Yeah. But more condensed. Yes, exactly. Like you get to Rory, who's like the little one inside Mm -hmm. and she has like got all of this inside of her trapped because she's not sure what to do. And there hasn't been anyone to release it. Yeah. And now Jess is here, and she's like... A ticking time bomb. Yeah. Yeah. Good thing I'm not going to have children. (laughs) (laughs) All right, should we start the episode? We should, yes. Let's get it rolling. (laughs) All right, this episode opens at Friday night dinner. It's still chilly outside. Emily brings up the conversation of going to the cemetery right it's a cemetery mausoleum to discuss the family plot and she says there's only enough spots for two more people and she opens it up by asking Lorelai if she's dating anyone or if she ever plans to get married because there's only enough spots left for Lorelai and Rory to join them well she asks about Max yeah and then she's like what about and then she's like "Mm." and then she's like what about that man with a beard yeah (laughs) It's like, oh, my God. And poor Lorelai is like, Mom, why don't you just say fat chance and get it over with? But they decide they're going to possibly purchase an annex for all of the leftover Gilmores. And the entire time this conversation is happening, Rory is like, this is so not okay. This is really bad karma. We should not be talking about this. And they settle on moving someone that's already in the burial plot. The mausoleum, right? Yeah. Yeah. To the annex. And they all agree on Aunt Cecile. And Rory says, I'm not comfortable being responsible for kicking out. Yeah, for kicking out Aunt Cecile. And then (laughs) Lorelai's like, I know. Since I'll go first, you can just bury Rory with me. And Rory's like, I would like my own eternal resting place. (laughs) And I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. So Richard comes down and asks what they've been talking about. Emily and Lorelai say they've been talking about the burial plot and that they are thinking about moving someone over to an annex. And he says, well, I think you should do Aunt Cecile. 
she has terrible jokes. I never understood her sense of humor. And Rory's like, I am, this family is very cold. (laughs) And I can't decide if this conversation plays in later or if it's just an opening yeah, and it doesn't go anywhere. But I have a hard time believing that there is no correlation because I feel like there's always correlation. Yeah. I mean, if I had to throw an arrow in the dark in a dark, dark room. How dark? Dark. No lights. <laughs> I'm talking like dark. Pitch black. Like you can't even see your hand in front of yes. your face. Okay. Dark. Okay. Um, it, like, since this is a Richard episode and he retired, I feel like there is that loom of, I can imagine what it would feel like when you hit um, your retirement age. And, like, he, it's kind of like, oh, I'm at retirement age, awesome. But also, like, hey, my next stop is death. Yeah, my next milestone is dying. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of my thought, too. Yeah. Unless you can, like, retire, if you're lucky enough and retire early. It's not so much like that, but... Yeah, because it's like, oh, you get a job, and you get a house, and there are all these milestones, and it's like, you can find other things to do before you die that are considered milestones. Mm -hmm. But, like, for Richard, everything has been so Mm -hmm. work-centered. He doesn't know how to function without work. So that's, like, my arrow in the dark, that maybe there's something to sort of book and maybe that notion. Yeah. Yeah. Let's think about it as we watch the rest of the episode. Cause I do think there's going to be some sort of similar theme mm-hmm. throughout. And I just, I have a hard time believing there is zero connection. Yeah. Yeah. We are continuing on with the Friday night dinner, and Richard is talking about how being retired allows him to notice things like when Emily gets her hair done or she moves a vase or when her shoes don't match her purse. And he goes on and on. And you can tell that Emily is getting more and more annoyed as he like is listing off all of these things that he never noticed before because he just wasn't around. Yeah. And that's what retirement has done for him. Yeah. He's always around now (laughs) to notice things. And he talks about noticing a first edition. So then he and Rory get up and go to his study. Lorelai immediately says, what's wrong? You looked like you were twitching. And Emily's like, I was not twitching. And then finally she gets Emily to confess that, She needs Richard to do something. He is home too much. She's used to having time by herself. It's too much together time. And she doesn't know how to process that or what to do. And I fully understand that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like during COVID, I still had to go to work. Mm -hmm. And Bryn worked from home. And I am so glad because I... I would have made him crazy. Mm -hmm. It's not the other way around. Like he would have been fine with me being home, but I would have gone crazy. Yeah. And we both need time to be our own people. Yeah. Um, I totally feel for Emily here. Yeah. It would drive me crazy to be around. It's not that you don't, she doesn't love him. Right. It's just 
people need time. They need space. We need, we all have different ways of recharging and like, and it's funny because Richard is like the clingy one. I know when he has time. Yeah. You know, in my wise beyond my years of 34 years on this planet, I have noticed typically sometimes men are more clingy. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like there is a, like, not always. I feel like when I was younger, I was more clingy. Yeah. in, In my, like, initial relationships with people. Sure. But then you grow out of that. Yeah. And, then and, it, and it doesn't seem like men grow out of that as much. Well, I like think certain men. They're so focused on work and money and all of this stuff. And then once it's gone, they're like, well, now what do I focus all of my attention on? My significant other. No. I, I feel like it would have been really easy to have it be like Emily's the clingy one. And she's going to be like driving Richard nuts by, right. you know, having him do things or something, you know? Yeah. Or them going out and doing things together all day or something. And yeah. I like that they presented it as Emily. Well, I mean, being she's annoyed. had days to herself for how long? Forever. So she's she like said, stuck she said. in her ways of how she wants to live her life and what she does. And she loves it. Yeah. And then we can see that is some of Lorelai. Absolutely. That is like she, Lorelai learned that from her mother. Yep, completely. It's nice when we can make those connections because it's not very often that Lorelai and Emily have moments where you're like, that's a mother and daughter. But this is one of those mm-hmm. moments where you're like, they are also the Gilmore girls. Yeah. Yeah. Because Laura likes, Lorelai likes her space from her men. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Not her daughter. Yeah. Which is also like Emily. Right. Right. So this scene kind of does a better job at setting us up for the episode than the first scene does. But I think both of them together kind of give us that like overarching theme of we already know this is going to be a Richard episode, but what about Richard is it going to be about? Mm -hmm. And this kind of lays it out like he's home too much. He's retired. He doesn't know what to do with himself. And he's driving Emily crazy. Yeah. So there's going to be a lot of like figuring things out and getting him out of the house, essentially. Yeah. All right. We are at Chilton for the newspaper. Paris is otherworldly wound up about a writing a paper contest that they need to enter and win because it reflects positively on her if they do win. And she's like yelling at them that they need to do better. This is what they need to do. I need you all to care. And Rory's like, I do care. And she's like, I need everyone to care minus you or whatever, because you already care. And I'm like, well, that's the first time Paris has recognized that Rory cares about something. (laughs) But she's like going crazy on them. And it's very telling of her at Yale Mm -hmm. with the newspaper. Um, She just, I think while Paris presents qualities that people would believe are a good leader, she doesn't know how to lead. Mm -hmm. She knows how to instill fear. Yeah. But that's not being a leader. Mm-hmm. 
And so we see Rory kind of picking up the pieces afterwards because... Rory is more of a leader. Right. Yeah. A level, that's what you need as a leader is someone more level-headed. Yeah. Someone who can work through the stress and help them piece together. And have trust in who who else is on your your team. Right. You have trust in them. Yeah. That they, we can all get this job done and do a good job. Mm -hmm. Where Paris is very much like, I'm the only one that can do this and you guys are just, you know... You're just I gotta warm oversee bodies. all of you. Yes. You yeah, know? she has her what's the saying? All of her eggs in one basket or she has her finger in too many pots. Pots. Yeah. It's like you focus on your thing, let everybody else focus on their thing, and then when they come together, yeah, that's when you can look at it and figure it out. Figure and out see. what squeaky wheel needs the grease. Right. But don't assume that all the wheels are you know, squeaking. Right. <laughs> squeaking. <laughs> Come on. But I I feel for Paris that there is a fine line between being a leader and just being a control freak. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes it's a very skinny, skinny, tiny, fine mm-hmm. line. But for comedic purposes, it rocks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And she's you know. great at it. Mm-hmm. It's so fun to see her just be on another level. Yeah. Like there, it's like when you're around somebody's energy, because I've had this and I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel drained. And I feel yep. like, <gasps> you know, um, she is very much like that where she, she drains the entire room <laughs> and almost to the point where you're like, is Paris a narcissist? Because uh-huh. she fully takes everyone's energy and does weird things with it. Yeah, there is a fine line. But, you know, I mean, uh, in a couple episodes, we get to see that Paris evolves as a better person. Yeah, I'm so excited for that. Yeah. But the epi- the scene ends, not the episode, the scene <laughs> ends with Rory telling Paris, you know you're going to give yourself a stroke, right? <laughs> and Paris just gives her that, like, death glare look yeah and well she basically Rory comes in there and yeah she's like everybody let's get started Mm -hmm. start working on your stuff kind of like the the yin and yin and yang good cop yep completely Mm -hmm. yeah and it's it's refreshing to see them as a team instead of pitted against each other because I think that's such an easy thing to do where like she needs to have a villain or she needs to have a rival and yeah, it's boring. It's boring. It's it's overdone. And it's fun to see like Paris like Rory. Yeah. You know, and she doesn't like anyone. I know, yeah. <laughs> She's like my cat Buffy. You're like <laughs> You're like cheering for them because you're like, yes, like women working together mm-hmm. is so powerful in and of itself mm-hmm. and these two young women who were pitted against each other from the very start finding their niche together and working towards a similar goal is very inspiring mm-hmm. on like a deep level of looking at it but yeah. i think it's a lot and it's amazing to me the amount of pressure that these children have Mm-hmm. At such a young age. I know. I 
don't remember feeling that kind of pressure in high school. Uh, no. But also, I went to a public high school, mm-hmm. so very different vibe. Yeah. 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 It's weird. <laughs> it is. It is weird, because I'm like, this is like college-level coursework, mm-hmm. but whatever. But that's what... That's what Chilton's the about. The price you pay for being a genius. Right. Right. We are with Emily sitting, yelling orders, writing things in her planner. And then Richard comes in from a walk around the neighborhood. And he said, the neighbors need a new roof. He's going to leave them a note. Okay. Emily then says, what do you want to have for dinner? And they do this like whole back and forth where... She's like, okay, I'm going to put lamb chops. And he's like, oh, yeah. I just thought maybe a roast would sound better. And she, like, violently crosses off lamb chops and puts roast. And then he's like, only if that's what you want. And it's like, okay. And then he's like, is that your third cup of coffee for the day? And she's like, "Uh, yes. And he's like, oh, three cups of coffee is kind of a lot of coffee for one morning. (laughs) And she's, like, getting to the point where, like, I'm surprised her eyes are not twitching. (laughs) And, like, he's just making all of these observations out loud. And how she stops herself from freaking out is beyond me. (laughs) I know. When he would have said, like, that's a lot of coffee, I would have lost it. (laughs) And he's like, oh, I'm just making observations. <laughs> Can you not? Can you not? Stop make, observing me. Like, stop. I am not like a science fair project. <laughs> like, what the hell? He's and, being so annoying. Yeah. And then he, she says she's going to go to the dry cleaners and drop his stuff off. And he's like, oh, well, I'll go with you. And she's like, no, because after I go to the dry cleaners, then I have my DAR meeting. And he's like, oh, I think that would be fascinating to go to. She's like, you want to go to the Daughters of the Revolutionary? (laughs) Yeah, it's like, what? And then she's like, well, after that, I have the symphony luncheon. He's like, well, I'll go with you there. And then she says, well, and after that, I get my hair done at three and I certainly don't want to sit there. And he's like, no. And she's like, okay, but you can cancel that. (laughs) And anyone who gets their hair done knows if you have a standing appointment, you don't cancel it (laughs) because you risk losing that appointment. And he was like, your hair already looks nice. And she's like, my hair looks nice because I get it done every Wednesday at three. Like, she's like <laughs> gritting her teeth, trying to not freak Scream. out. And she's like, why don't you go to the club? And he's like, oh, the club oh, on, on a Wednesday? Wednesday? <laughs> like, oh. what? Are, I don't even know what they do at the club on a Wednesday. And she's like, there is no better moment than the present. Yes. <laughs> Go. You spend a fortune to belong there. Go be at the club. And she's like literally grabbing his coat and putting it on him. Yep. And she basically shoves him, him out, out the, the door. door. And she's like, have a great time. And then she's like, I need more coffee. Once she slams the door. <laughs> Another Lorelei. Mm-hmm. Another thing that is very Lorelei. Mm-hmm. Her coffee. It's the observations that get me. 
my grandma would be like that where she'd be watching you do something and then she'd be like, is that how you're going to do that? It's almost like asking somebody, is that what you're going to wear? Yeah. I hate that. And my mom and stepdad do that to me as a joke all the time. Mm -hmm. That's what you're wearing? Yes. (laughs) This is what I'm wearing. Get used to it. I don't have that happen to me a lot. That's good. Yeah. That's nice. So it's not. I mean, my parents, they do it as a joke. Yeah. So it's not like I don't take it seriously, but I, my grandma has said that seriously. Oh yeah. Um, it would drive me crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Just the observations alone, like shut up. I mean, I think it's cute that Richard wanted to go. I think it's super cute that he wanted to go to the dry cleaners. I think it's cute because it's not happening to you. Yeah. But you know if that was happening to you, you'd be like, just leave me alone. (laughs) Get out of my face. I like to do things by myself. Well, I mean, I... I don't know. As long as it wasn't every day, it might be kind of fun to shake things up. Sure. Go to the dry cleaners. Like, I like going to Target with Bryn, but I don't want Bryn to follow me around the store. I Um, want him to go do his own thing, but he's like, you invited me here. Yeah. And I'm like, no, please go shop for your own stuff. And he's like, I didn't come here to buy anything. You did. (laughs) But I just don't need, like, the, what are you going to do with that? What are you going to do with that? Oh. Yeah. Or, like, my need to justify everything. Uh, That's because I have, like, a devious nature. Yeah. I would start doing some weird shit to him. I might go check out weird stuff in that store. Yeah. Target doesn't really have weird stuff. Yeah, you can fuck with them. Go. But, yeah. (laughs) Do it. Do it next time. Yeah. Do it this week and report back to us. Please. Okay. Maybe today. Like, go somewhere. Like, like go to the, the adult diaper section. Go to there, and then he'll then be like, go. "Are you buying those for Taylor Swift?" Because you know that, yeah. like, there are people wearing diapers to that concert. Don't, don't answer him. Then, like, go somewhere other really weird, like, to <laughs> <laughs> where's another weird place? Another weird place in Target? Yeah, like go to the cat food. You don't have a cat, right? True. Do Fair. it and report back to us. Okay. Okay, I'll okay. I'll, tr- I'll do my best. Uh, yeah. It's just the observation part. That drives me nuts. And, like, I know <laughs> I am guilty of it, too, because I will say things like, I'm not even going to repeat what I say, but it's just. No, do it. No, I double I'll be like, dare you. Okay, fine. I will. <laughs> What's something you'd say? I'm trying to think. It's hard when you have to rattle it off your brain. Yeah, but, like. If this was the for example, yeah. okay. if we're eating dinner and we make our own plates, I'm like, oh wow, you have a lot more food on your plate than I do. Why do I do that? That's not nice. <laughs> it's terrible. But I catch myself doing that, and then I'm like, I need to stop doing that. Yeah, it's not nice. But I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm a bad person like Richard. You get a little bitchy. Yeah. Yeah. It's you can't help it. Yeah, I just can't. <laughs> it, I think I honestly get that from my mother and my grandmother. Yeah. 
And it's not a bad thing all the time. Like, I think it's good to be observing, but yeah. you don't need to say it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we're all like that a little bit. Like, sometimes, like, I, like, this is when I watch um, Gilmore Girls, and I notice, like, how much Lorelai makes fun of Emily. Yeah. I do that a lot to my mom. Like, I roast her a lot. Yeah. And then sometimes I think about it, and I'm like, am I being mean? Yeah. You know, because there's a, I mean, it's funny. What I'm saying is hilarious. Oh, I don't doubt it. I laugh every time. And usually everybody around us does, too. But your mom doesn't laugh? No, she laughs. But then I'm like, is it mean, though? But is she laughing just to laugh? No, she's laughing. Okay. It's like it's it's teasing. But, yeah, there is a fine line of, like, (laughs) just being a bitch. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Nope, I get it. So now everyone listening knows that we're assholes. They already knew that. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know. Yeah, we're sitting here, like, totally relating to Emily, so... I know, but also trying to find ways to relate to Richard. Yeah. But I know that this is going to come, and I know this is this issue with Emily and Richard is going to become a problem for Lorelai and Rory, mm-hmm. because it wouldn't be a show if it didn't. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, I wouldn't. <laughs> no, we literally would not have a television show. Nope. The Gilmore Girls are at Stars Hollow Video. And I love it. I, this sounds so old of me to say, but Mm. I miss video stores. Girl. The walking around. It's not the same. It's so, it was so awesome. That was my first job. I know. I worked at Starstruck Video. Nice. But yeah, this exterior shot, you can, I don't think we've, we've ever been in the video store, right? No, I don't think so. Maybe they talked about going to the video store. Yeah. So we see like an exterior shot. And I don't know if we get the video store very often here. No. But it's cool because inside you can see the poster for Blow. Yeah. Which is Johnny Depp and Penelope Cruz movie. Yeah. And it's so weird because when I worked at Starstruck Video... We got all this, like, you would get, so when movies would come out, we'd get tons of merchandise for it. Oh, sure. So in Blow, Johnny Depp wears this white kind of hat. It's mm-hmm. those, like, hats that, like, do you know what I'm talking about? They have the flap all around. A bucket hat. Yes, a bucket hat. Yeah. So we got a bunch of those bucket hats for the Blow movie. And then on the bucket hat, it was, like, white, and then it said Blow and Silver embroidery weird and my friend's brother like I had a crush on him and he had a crush on me and he would come driving in in his like 70s Chevy I know I've always been Lana Del Rey I don't want to talk about it and he'd come and like flirt with me and I gave him the blow hat I was like here you go like I gave him the merch so it was so cool to see this it just, like, I was like, my God, literally the same time. Core memories, man. Because, like, yeah, because, like, I mean, unless they, that was just an old movie poster, but it had to have been around the same time. Yeah, I would think so. 
I did see the cover to A Star is Born with Judy Garland while they were wandering <laughs> yeah, through. Yeah, that's my favorite thing to do in, like, any time you see, like, a video store in a show or a movie. Yeah, you're like, what's going what, to be on there? What can I see? What movies can I point out? Right. And Dawson's Creek is great for that because that's where they have a job. They... Um, Pacey and Dawson work at the video store. Well, and Robin and Steve work at the video yes. store, so you get to see the 80s. Family video. Yeah, family video. But I miss it. Every Friday night, we would go get movies at Blockbuster with my mom, and it was, mm-hmm. like, the best. It I was know. the best. I just remember, like, so mm-hmm. many good memories of being so excited. And I'm like, Mom, Mom, I'm going to go to the video store, and, like, I want to rent like every River Phoenix movie ever yeah. made <laughs> for yeah. the 17th time. It was great. Yes. Good times. Yeah, there's something less exciting about scrolling, doom scrolling Netflix for hours and hours and hours. So here's the question. Stars Hollow today. Do you think Stars Hollow video would be open or do you think they would have closed it? I think it'd still be open. Me too. Because consider the generation that lives there. Yeah. You know, but I think once like the oldest generation died, it'd be gone. Yeah. And it'd be like a hipster, like coffee shop or something, Mm-hmm. you know, but yeah, it's like bookstores don't do as well mm-hmm. because of Kindle and all this stuff. I have been so tempted my entire life to buy a Kindle, and I never have. Yeah. Because I'm just like... I have been tempted, too. Yeah. I just can't do it. I like a book. I like a book. Me, too. Anyway, enough about our nostalgia. Yeah. So they're at the movie store. Oh, yeah. We're talking about Gilmore Girl. Yeah. (laughs) And they're trying to decide what movies to rent. And... Rory goes down this aisle to grab a movie and she comes across two little boys looking at the cover of Showgirls. Mm-hmm. And it really is just like the leg of the woman up to her head. It's a great, I think that's a great um, poster work. Yeah. I love Showgirls oh, yeah, me poster too. work. It's cool. Um, and it's very scandalous. She's like, I'm going to, you know, like sneak by you here or whatever. And they're like, oh, and then they drop the movie and they just like run. run. <laughs> and she realizes what they were looking at. And she's like, oh, my God, they were looking at this mature movie cover, whatever. When they go up to rent their movies, Kirk and Lorelai have a back and forth because she lost her card. And the fact that it was laminate laminated meant that it was a permanent card and does she have any sense of responsibility and blah 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 he goes to make a new card she goes to look at something and when he comes back rory says you know i did see like two young kids looking at a rather mature title maybe that should be placed on a higher shelf and he was like how mature and she said well it has like a like naked woman on it or whatever standing from the side and he goes does she have blonde hair and Rory's like what and he goes I'm gonna go check it out (laughs) what does that mean (laughs) like he's gonna go check it out to see if it really is risque or he wanted to see it for himself I I think he wanted to see it for himself yeah and he likes blondes 
Which is weird, because <clears throat> his girlfriend is a brunette. Yeah, and then he hits on Lorelai later. Yeah. I don't know. But Maybe that's just, like, his... And, of course, Kirk <laughs> works at the movie store. Like, who else? I hope that Sean Gunn, like, made great money doing this show, considering how many extras they could have hired for all of the jobs that he does. Mm-hmm. He's just like, oh, we need a scene in the video store. Kirk's going to work there. Yep. You know, oh, we need an exterminator. It's going to be Kirk. Like, It's a um, cool plot device. I Yeah. I'm trying to think of a different word for that, but I, that's the one that comes to my mind. But yeah. It's cool how it's they just use like, that. It becomes it's, like an inside joke yeah. with the audience. Like anytime he even works at like the beauty salon. <laughs> like, come on. It's just funny. So I love that they use him to their like fullest mm-hmm. ability. And this is sort of so this interaction of Rory telling Kirk these kids are looking at um this video cover that they shouldn't be probably looking at mm-hmm. sets up sort of the plot. What's right. going going to go forward? Yep, and continues on with Chilton stuff mm-hmm. as well. So because if if you already forgot, which I definitely did, they need to find a story that's going to win them this award. Yep. So I feel like that the scene that we saw Paris yelling at everybody. Um, you do, if you're not really paying attention, you're like, oh, yeah, they, the whole thing that she's yelling about is that they need a story. Yeah, they need a, a groundbreaking story. story. Mm-hmm. So Paris is on the hunt. The Gilmore girls are watching movies mm-hmm. with four boxes of red vines. Mm-hmm. I love that Lorelai does, like, a theme like what a theme let's pick out three movies and do a theme which yeah. is very something i do i absolutely because i love movies so much um i like to go for a theme like today when i go home i'll probably watch overboard and thelma and louise very summer-esque mm-hmm. movies mm-hmm. but yeah i when love that she does that i was driving yesterday and I saw these two women that were definitely, like, friends, lovers, I don't know, in a convertible. And they awesome. were having the time of their life. And I <sighs> wanted to take a picture and send it to you, but I was driving. Damn it. And I was like, this is so Thelma and Louise in front of me. Completely. Mm-hmm. And one of them had it's red hair. Core. And I was like, wow. That's so attractive. I was like, that is so cool. And it inspired me to roll all my windows down (laughs) and then scream like Taylor Swift lyrics at the top of my lungs in the car. I'm so So, embarrassing blaring my music. I don't even care. I know. If people want to judge me for blaring blank space and screaming it at the top of my lungs in my car, they need to figure their own life out. I know, but I get embarrassed. It's almost like an office space where like he's like pat blaring the rap music yeah. in the beginning and yeah. it's just like you look like a dork, but people I'm who, like blaring Nicki Minaj and I'm like, okay. No just people turn it down who a judge bit. people for that are embarrassed of themselves. I know. Like don't forget it. You I, are cool. <laughs> We're all cool. Yeah. Totally. So, okay. Did we finish out this scene, though? We did. But it goes on from... Doesn't it go on from... Oh, excuse me. Yes. Lorelai takes a phone call when she walks away. And it's Emily calling, and she says, you need to take your father tomorrow. He needs to be gone all day. 
And she's like, what, what are you talking about? She's like, I need him gone. He wants to do my water aerobics class. And he went and bought a swimsuit. And she's like, no. And she's like, you need to do this for me. You owe me. I pay for your daughter's school and I got you that loan. So you wouldn't even have a house if it wasn't for me. And Emily never brings that out. No. Like she never gloats about nope. giving her the money. And Lorelai's like, well, what, what am I supposed to do? And she's like, just let him be there all day. Just get him out of my hair. Yeah. And Lorelai's like, okay, yeah, we'll take him. I get it, girl. Mm-hmm. So Richard is coming tomorrow. And we got to get off on these tangents because then I forget what happens in the scene. But there's so much to talk about that has nothing to do with this episode because <laughs> the episode itself, mildly boring. Yeah, it is a little. But the video store brought up some good, good memories. I think it's, yeah, it's just, God, I love the video store. Me too. It is the next morning. Rory and Lorelai are getting ready to have Richard. Of course, Lorelai is trying to find a way out of it by saying that um, Headmaster Troustin called and there's all this drama and you can't go to school today. And she's like, I have to go because I have the Franklin and Paris will kill me if I'm not at school. And she's like, but I don't know what to do with him all day. And when he arrives... Rory leaves for school. Richard comes in. They sit down and she asks if he wants coffee and he says no. And she says, okay. And then they stand there awkwardly and he's like, but you can have coffee. And she's like, oh, thank you. Like she's waiting for his permission to have coffee. <laughs> they sit down. They and, she, re- and she does grab a mug and it has a big H on it. And I thought that was a cool Yeah, touch. Harvard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they, they sit down at the table. They Sorry. Sit, no, that's good. <laughs> they sit down at the table. They're reading the paper. And then they decide, we're going to go to Luke's for breakfast. So she brings him to Luke's. And he says, what are you having? Richard says he already ate breakfast, so he doesn't need anything. And Lorelai's like, you already ate breakfast? And he's <laughs> like, well, yeah, I get up at five in the morning and I eat my breakfast and read the paper and blah, blah, blah. And she's like... Well, that's when you had a job, but you're retired now. You don't have to get up at five in the morning. But he's, he doesn't, he's not quite ready for that yet. Like, he's still very much in his old routine Mm -hmm. and not ready for a new routine. So she's like, okay. She orders banana pancakes, bacon, and lots and lots of coffee. And Luke is like, coming right up and walks away. The dad, excuse me, Richard says, what about a grapefruit? Do you ever have grapefruit for breakfast? And she's like, no, I don't have grapefruit for breakfast. He's like, oh, wow. I thought everybody everybody should have grapefruit for breakfast. I mean, grapefruit's really good for you. Yeah, it's good for your digestion. And she's like... Folic acid in it. (laughs) She's like, okay. So she gets up, walks over to the counter, and she's like, I need a grapefruit. And Luke is like, I don't have grapefruit. She's like, please just get one because it needs to taste like a donut, too. Yeah. (laughs) Preferably one that tastes like a donut. And she's like, I'm spending all day with my dad. 
everything is going fine, but if I don't get a grapefruit, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> He's going to die without her eating her grapefruit. Yeah, and Luke is like, I could go next door and buy a grapefruit, and she's like, please. And she sticks out her, I'm sorry, but she was sticking out her chest. Yeah. Girl, I know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, wait. Yeah. And poor so Luke is like, okay. And she sits back down. She's like, I'm getting a grapefruit. And he's like, you won't regret it. She gets another cup of coffee. And he's like, is that your third cup of coffee? And she no, goes, her, her oh, second. Yeah. Is that your second cup of coffee? She goes, no, it's my third. And he goes, hmm, that's a lot of coffee for early in the morning. And then he goes, yeah, he's just like <laughs> he starts kind singing, of humming. humming to himself. And Lorelai's sitting there with like this shit eating grin, just like, oh, I'm going to die. <laughs> I can see why my mother wanted time away from him. Ed Herman's such, he's so funny. It's God. so, and it's subtle humor. I know. He doesn't, some people, they buy into their own humor. Yeah. And you can kind of tell that they're putting it on a little bit. Yep. He's his it's is so subtle. natural. Yes. yes, absolutely. Yeah. And we don't get to see that a lot. So like in that instance, it's nice that we do have an episode with Richard because we don't always get to see his subtleties, mm-hmm. but we'll be seeing them a lot more now that he's retired. Mm-hmm. Um, this must have been a fun episode for him to do. Yeah. Cause it's very out of character for him. Mm-hmm. So it is fun to watch at least. Mm-hmm. We are back at Chilton with a little short scene where Paris is telling Rory that she looked at the previous winners of this paper contest. And she's like, they all have something in common. They make like a a big discovery. And I finally figured out what our story is going to be. We are going to find the dark seated underbelly of small town life. And we're going to start with Stars Hollow. And Rory's like, Stars Hollow does not have a seedy, dark underground. (laughs) And she's like, well, I'll meet you out front at four o'clock and we'll go. And Rory says, I can't today. I told I promised my mom I would do something. And Paris is like, oh, really? What are you hiding? She's like, I'm not (laughs) hiding anything. And she's like, well, this needs to get done. This is really important. So I'll just meet you out front at four. And doesn't even accept that Rory, like, clearly already had plans. Mm-hmm. It's like, if it's not on Paris's time, it will be, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. But. Kind of an easy breezy scene, not a lot to No, dissect, but it is fun but... to think about Paris being in Stars Hollow. Yes. Because she does have some great moments in Stars Hollow in the future. Mm-hmm. At the Independence Inn. Michelle is on the phone and he just keeps saying, I understand. I understand. I understand. And Elise is like, this is Bryn at work. And it a (laughs) thousand percent is Bryn at work. It is just like, okay, 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 okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh Yeah. (laughs) Poor Bryn. But she discovers that there are no table linens and there are no towels left. And she's trying to get a hold of Manny, the linens guy, and he can't get a hold of her. So she has this whole crisis on her hands and she's like, okay, we're going to ask Patty if we can rent the linens from somebody from her. 
And then we'll take all the pool towels. I did not even know that this place had a pool. Yeah. And put those in the rooms and then go and order a crate of champagne and give everyone who's towelless a bottle of champagne. And Michelle's like, okay, we'll get it done. At that moment, Richard walks in and she's like, oh, no. And she says, hi, dad, what are you doing here? I thought you are on a walk. And he's like, yeah, I, I went into every store. I went in the cat store twice. And then I walked around and I saw the whole town. And I went back to your house and Babette introduced me to all of her gnomes. And now here I am. And she's like, did you see the slinky? He's like, oh, yes, I saw the slinky. How about the park? Yep, I saw the park. And she's like, okay, well, I'm, I have to work. And and he's like, oh, yeah, well, I've got my paper. And then he says, uh, wait a minute, is your work jacket in the back? She's like, I don't have a work jacket. Well, what does your boss think about that? She's like, well, considering my boss is me, she's okay with it. <laughs> he's like, okay. And he goes to sit down. Then Lorelai is trying to figure out, or no, excuse me. Then Lorelai gets a phone call and it's Rory and she says, remember that you're at work. So screaming is not an option. I have some bad news. I can't be home until dinner time. And Lorelai is like, what? And she explains, I have to work on something for the Franklin, but I will be home by dinner. Just give grandpa a book and have Suki make him lunch and he'll be good to go. And then it cuts to Richard sitting and he's like wobbling the coffee table to see if it's like structurally sound or not. <laughs> and Lorelai's like, okay, that's fine. And that's where the scene ends. Yeah. Richard picks. Yeah. On everything. Like it's like he doesn't trust it. Yeah. It's well, and I'm sure that has to do with working in insurance for how many years. Mm -hmm. But then it's also. Like, he worked in a field that probably never changed in his time being there. Mm -hmm. So, like, the work jacket and things like that. Like, he's hasn't been in a modern age workplace. So, he's going to pick on different things mm -hmm. that, you know, he's not accustomed to. And I would just... Why did he go to the cat store twice? <laughs> That's the only thing I'm like, why'd you go in there twice? You don't even have a cat. I don't know. Just <laughs> wanted to see it again, I guess. Why not go sit at Luke's or like go sit in the gazebo and read? Yeah. It's not that cold out, I would imagine. There's no snow on the ground, at I least. I like that he said he went to Babette's and had Babette introduce him to all the gnomes. And he didn't act weird about it. He was just like, <laughs> it was very charming. Like, that's the vibe he gives off. And I'm like, what do you think Babette said? Oh, honey, come here and let me introduce you to all the gnomes. Do you think Babette got annoyed with him? No, I think she loved it. Okay. I think he probably was like, how do I get away from this woman? <laughs> You know? Yeah. Because I'm sure she'd love to introduce him to all the gnomes. But. So now Richard is just sitting at the Independence Inn waiting for Lorelai to be done with work. And, and I would hate that. Someone watching me while I'm working. Yep. 
We got two annoying people coming to Stars Hollow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Paris is we on our way. intercepting, or not intercepting, we are having, like, a crossover story of, like, Hartford coming into Stars Hollow. Mm-hmm. Paris is, like, the equivalent of Richard in Stars Hollow. Yeah. Yeah. Rory and Paris get off the bus in Stars Hollow, and Paris now thinks that she has lice or bugs. And she's like, there's something crawling in my hair. I can feel it. And she's like, well, why didn't you drive? And she's like, you can't get the small town life feeling in a BMW, Rory. It's like, okay. She is just searching left and right. And she's like, okay, point out the bad stuff. And Rory's like, the bad part of town. And Rory's like, look over there. She's like, okay. She looks and she's like, what are we looking at? And she's like, those people, they're very mad about the color of that fence. And she's like, I need the real stuff. Where's the dirt? She's like, there is no dirt. And they approach Luke Steiner. She's like, this is Luke Steiner. And she's like, a diner? And she like runs in and goes straight to the counter, grabs a menu and starts looking at it. And Rory's like, what are you doing? Trying to blend in. (laughs) (laughs) And Luke's like, hey, Rory, you want some coffee? And she's like, sure, Luke. And he goes, who's your friend? And she goes, Angela Lansbury. (laughs) Like, what? Um, is that a reference? Did Angela Lansbury do something where she was a detective? Yeah, Murder, She Wrote. Oh, okay. <laughs> Got it. Got it. That sounds familiar. Um, and he's like, Angela, would you like anything? She's like, no. But what do you see around here? You see a lot of weird stuff, a lot of truckers driving through, and looks like truckers? N- no. And she's like, a diner, you must see some interesting characters. What about, like, those people who say they're running a diner, but really it's like a prostitution ring? <laughs> and then Jess comes down from upstairs, and she's like, where did he come from? Is that where you keep all the women? And Jess oh is like, yeah, Uncle Luke, I think she's on to you. And Luke's like, please do not add to this insanity. <laughs> And Paris goes on and on and on. And finally, Rory's like, or excuse me, finally, Luke says, get her out of here. And then the whole time Rory's pulling her away, she's like, why do you want me out of here? (laughs) What are you hiding? And Rory's like, let's just leave. And then Luke and Jess are standing there, like, waving them goodbye. So (laughs) funny to see that Paris has... No qualms about attacking a grown man. (laughs) (laughs) And And Luke's Luke's kind of like, not threatening looking, but he's very like. He's like a broad shouldered like guy. Yeah. And she's a tiny teenage girl, (laughs) you know, like there's a difference there. And this is also Paris's first time meeting Jess. Mm hmm. And they will meet again in an episode that I love. I know. That's probably my favorite episode of this season. So. um, Or one of them. Yeah. There's a lot in this season. But that's that. Paris is on the prowl for something. 
But did you notice how Rory wasn't like, we should go to Miss Patty's? Because, of course, Miss Patty would love Mm -hmm. to be interviewed. Or Taylor Dosey would love to be interviewed, as we soon find out. Mm -hmm. We are back at the Independence Inn with Lorelai and Richard. Michelle and Lorelai are on the phone talking to customers who are staying at the inn who have no towels and they talk about the champagne like we are going to get you a towel as soon as we possibly can as soon as the towels arrive you'll be the first one with a towel and they hang up at the same time and she's like I'm going to kill Manny and Michelle's like and I'll help (laughs) Uh, Richard approaches Lorelai as the phone rings again And he says, did you know that there's no tablecloths in the dining room? That looks very unprofessional. (laughs) And she's like, yeah, I'm having an issue with my linen delivery. And then Michelle announces that Manny is on the phone. And she's like, "Um, I need to take this. So she takes it and she's like, Manny, where are you? I need towels. And uh, he says, you know, whatever. He'll be on the way. And she says... I am so thankful for you, Manny. I love you, Manny. Every time I look at a towel, I will think of you. Thank you so much. Bye, stud. And Richard (laughs) is standing there, and he's got his arms crossed, and he's like, Lorelai, can I speak to you for a moment? And Michelle goes, someone is in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) And Lorelai goes up to him, and he's like, was that a business call? That's not how you conduct business. And she's like, well, I needed the towels before other people got them, and I got them, so I won. He was like, you were flirting with him. Yeah. (laughs) And she's like, well, I got what I wanted. (laughs) And he's like, that's not how you conduct business. It's not a competition. And I think Lorelai is just like, listen, this is how I've been doing this, and no one's had any complaints yet, so I'm just going to keep doing it this way. She just bites her tongue. Yeah. And it's just like, fine. Okay. (laughs) And in my head, I'm like, I think everything was fine up until she called him a stud. Yeah. But I think Richard would have had a problem with it no matter what. I think stud was just like the nail in the coffin of that conversation. Yeah. Um, (laughs) She goes back and is standing with Michelle and he's trying not to laugh. And if you do go back and watch this episode, pay attention to Michelle in the background because he is holding back laughter this entire scene, which is something I love about this show because we have moments where we see characters, you know, in the background and they're still doing their thing. It's very reminiscent of The Office mm-hmm. where they're all just sitting there all the time. And, you know, it's they are in character no matter what. Mm -hmm. And it's appreciative. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that effort, that extra mile that they go. So, yeah. Yeah. That's it. I'm more interested in the Paris storyline right now. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. I think Paris just brings, like, another level to the story where with Richard, we're just seeing the same thing he did to Emily. Yeah. Just a different Gilmore. Yeah. It's just elongated right. and dragged out. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, 
I don't think we need to drag out that he doesn't know what he's doing. Like, yeah. we get that from the first scene. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, this is about the fourth time now, fifth time. So mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. We are back with Paris and Rory. They are walking through the streets, and Paris is like, there is nothing in this town. There is not even a cigarette butt on the ground. <laughs> and as they're walking past the movie store, Taylor comes out with Kirk, and he's like, Rory, my hero. You are the hero of the hour of this day, whatever. And she's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, you, when the world is changing and children are dressing the way they are and and everyone's losing their morals. It's so refreshing to have someone here who understands the innocence of children or whatever. And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he pulls her in and says, look at this. And it's this massive red curtain. And she's like, what is that? And he's like, it's the Rory curtain. And she's like, the Rory curtain? And he said, every movie cover or movie that they deemed to be inappropriate for children went behind the curtain. And she's like, I didn't want that. I just wanted you to put that other movie on a higher shelf. (laughs) And Paris is like, you did. And you can tell her wheels are spinning. Mm -hmm. And he's like, this is the greatest thing you've ever done, because now people will think twice before they even go behind the curtain. And it's like, well, yeah, because back then the inclination was if you go in the curtained area, it's like adult films, Mm -hmm. like porn films. (laughs) Porn. Yeah. Thank you. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) And now they have like this whole censorship thing. And Paris is like, this is it. This is the story. Censorship in a small town. And Paris is like, I don't believe in censorship. Or Rory. Yeah, excuse me. Rory (laughs) says she doesn't believe in censorship. And Paris says, fine. Small town minds run amok. This is it. We're going to win. And then she starts interviewing Taylor. (laughs) Did your movie store have a curtain? No. No. No, it was like... The owner, you know, they were like a, it was like a small town, like a, it was a small town video store and it was yeah. owned by a family, a very nice family. Yeah. Yeah. Like I worked with the dad all the time and his I've daughter never, and son and. I've never seen a video store like that. I think I did um, when I was younger and I just, I knew what I didn't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. When we went in there, like I knew like. Like, gross men were going in there. And my mom would be like... (laughs) Yep, totally. But... Yeah. Nope, I fully get it. It's... Like, what what could possibly be back there? Like, besides the obvious, clearly showgirls would be back there. But I'm, like, thinking of movie covers, and Um, I'm like, what movie cover would constitute a movie being put back there? Um, there are certain ones. I remember one um, when I worked at Starstruck Video and the boss's daughter and I, we, you know, we're both obsessed with movies, but then we would, like, always make fun of this one movie cover, and now I can't remember it, but it is scandalous. It says, woman up against the wall, and, like, she's got her back towards the wall, and she, like, looks like she's in pleasure, and there's, like, a guy... 
down. What? Like, oh, what I can't movie remember is what this. It's like, damn, I can't remember it, but I know the cover so well. And his head is like down, you know. Wow. And we would always make fun of that movie cut, like, you know, like when no one was looking. <laughs> we just like go up oh to my a wall. gosh. Ugh, let's take a break and look. Yeah, I'm looking right now. It must have been like, I never saw the movie. It probably was like an erotic thriller. Yeah, I... I'm trying to think of any other covers. If I ever find it, I'll I'll let you know and we can, I'll bring it up, but... Yeah. Um, I imagine there are is, some out there. I'm trying to think of Showgirls, that was kind of a scandalous cover and... Yeah. There isn't that many, though. I mean, I think, I feel like nowadays you don't see that stuff, but I could see even like the cover of burlesque being considered racy, even though it's Mm -hmm. not by my standard, but to somebody's standard, it would be. So I don't know. There's probably a ton of movies back there, even if like the content they felt was too adult that could even be a disney movie for crying out loud like i wouldn't put it past kirk to be like well bambi's mother gets shot that's kind of mature (laughs) so it's gonna be in the adult section i don't know yeah i'm sure american beauty oh totally yeah that would be behind the red curtain absolutely yeah that's a good one to think i could see virgin suicides too just for the title yeah like, I don't even know who's in it. If I would know who's yeah, in it, it's I Jade. Could, is it Jade? That's it. <laughs> it's her back is not against the wall. Oh, yeah. We said it's her hands up against the wall. And yeah. his hand is like around her. She's standing up and then his hand is around her. Should I put a picture of it on our Instagram? I mean, I'll do sure. a carousel so it's not the first <clears throat> image people see. Wait, Jade, is this the same actress that's in Mulholland Drive? Linda Fiorentino? I don't know. Let me look. So this movie is called Jade, and then the tagline is, some fantasies go too far. Oh, yes! We should... I'm watching this. Where is no, it, No, that's though? not the same. How do you watch drive? it? It's on Pluto TV for free right now, <laughs> yes. so you can watch did it. Did I not remember the colors perfectly? I said it was like a dark green... You completely did. Yeah, we used to make fun of that cover, but you can see his hand is on her, like, like her thigh or her hip, and um, it's pretty risque. It is pretty risque. That would definitely be behind that red curtain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> we found it. But that's where our scene ends. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, we're really hooked into this episode, aren't we? (laughs) Richard and Lorelai come back home after her day of work, and immediately when she opens the door, you can hear Richard say, maybe you should park the car before you get out of it. (laughs) It's like, oh, sad. And she's like, Rory, Rory, are you home? And when Rory gets home, she gives her, like, this big hug, and she doesn't let go. And then Rory gives Grandpa a hug. They kind of talk about how his day was. He said it was pleasant. And um, they decide that they're going to order Chinese food. And that sounds so delicious. 
I love Chinese food. It sounds so good. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and as they're talking, she says, um, all right, I'll order from Al's. And Richard's like, Al's? And they have to do the whole, like, oh, you know, Al's Pancake World, but now he makes whatever. And Lorelai says, he has the best egg foo young in all of Star's Hollow. And Richard's like, is that really an accomplishment? (laughs) And Rory's like, why don't you come look at my room? Because we can tell that Lorelai has reached the end of the line here. And I do think that this scene... I can't figure out, well, no, I understand why Lorelai is frustrated, but she is being, like, downright mean. Yeah. It's, like, too far, I think. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Like, I understand you're annoyed, but, like, he's only there for the day. Yeah. And I think we can, like, swallow our pride for a day. Yeah, and I know he's annoying, but... I don't know, like, have fun with him. He's not hurting anything. When he's being annoying like this, when people are being annoying like this, you need to figure out how how to get them to loosen up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, like, something I, like, have to work on all the time is I cannot change other people. I can only change how I look at it, look at it or react to it or whatever. So she needs to do that. But Lorelai is not going to do that. Yeah. No. So Richard goes into Rory's room and he takes out his like little notebook that he has. And she's like, what are you doing? He's like, well, I noticed some holes in your collection and I was going to fill them. And then Rory shows that she has stacks of books under her bed. She, her dresser drawers are full of books And he says, perhaps I should focus more on getting you a bookshelf instead. Lorelai comes in and shows the menu that she has selected for the dinner. And she said, I thought about getting garlic chicken, but I wasn't sure. Rory's like, get it. And he's like, that's a lot of food. There's only three of us. Lorelai, you're teaching her. Gluttony. And wastefulness. And And she's like, no, we eat about a third of it and then... We graze on it for the entire week. It's a process that we are we have perfected. <laughs> and um, while he's in her room, he does note the Harvard wall, which leads us to our next scene. I he, like that he calls it. He goes, I noticed all the Harvard paraphernalia. paraphernalia. I know. <laughs> I always think of paraphernalia as it's like, like drugs. drugs. Yeah. yeah. It's like, like drug Okay. Pipes and stuff. Yeah. But she's like, oh, yeah, we started that a while ago, whatever. And he's like, well, I think Rory shouldn't just, you know, put all of her sights on one school. You know, Yale is a a good school. Some would say even better than Harvard. And Lorelai's like, like you, Dad? Because we like Harvard. I know. He goes, you know, I went to Harvard. And she's like, yeah. I know. (laughs) Yeah. And he's like, I could just make a few phone calls and and get her set up with a meeting. And she's like, no. Mm -hmm. And he gets very frustrated. And she said, you are not butting in here. We've already made up our mind. And he kind of lets go of it because there's a honking. And we all know who loves to honk outside of the Gilmore Girls house. (laughs) 
Get out here, Rory. I got you something. Rory's like, is the food here already? And she's like, I haven't even ordered it. And she looks out the window. And she's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And it's Dean with the car that he said he was going to build her the night that they broke up. (laughs) He was still building it. And it looks good. He did a good job. Yeah. It's a pretty She's cute She's so hot excited. Run. She's like, can we go for a ride? And immediately Richard is like, you can't drive this. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's not a mechanic. And Dean's like, respectfully, my father works with cars and my grandfather worked with cars. I know how to work with cars. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no. And they get into like this pissing match on who's right and who's wrong. And eventually he's like, well, let's bring it to the mechanic and see if she can find anything wrong with it and see if she can find anything wrong with it. And Dean's like, do you want to drive or should I? And as they go around the cars, Richard's like, you better stay seven feet or ten feet behind me because I don't want that thing blowing up and hitting the jag. (laughs) And they drive off. And Lorelai and Rory are left sitting there like, now what do we do? We are with Richard and Dean at Gypsies getting the car checked. She says she's checked it a hundred times. She can't find anything wrong with it. And Richard gets very snippy with her and says, I'm paying you for a service. I want you to check the car. She's like, okay, I'll check the car. I'll check the car. And the two of them, they're leaning up against the car and just like chatting back and forth and Dean goes, I know you don't think I'm right for your daughter, not your daughter, excuse me, <laughs> for your granddaughter, but I, this car is a good car. Like I worked really hard on it. And he goes, I only have one granddaughter and I need to do whatever I can to protect her. And I understand that. And he goes, she's she can be naive. And he goes, but she's very smart, Mm -hmm. smart, but naive about some things insinuating that Dean is the thing that she's naive about. And they're having this discussion back and forth. He goes, I can tell you really like my granddaughter. And he goes, no, I really love your granddaughter. And he's like, I was beginning to turn around until you said that. And like a cute little like <laughs> moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he asks about his family and what his parents do. And Gypsy comes up and she's got the windshield wipers in her hand. She goes, I found something wrong. Windshield wipers. They snapped right off. And Dean's like, you did that. You broke them. And she's like. I know, I can't find anything wrong with this car. Please don't make me check it anymore. And he's like, you need to put the windshield wipers back on. She's like, fine. And she goes to put the windshield wipers back on. And Richard says, I guess she can drive it. It's safe. But I don't think this is an appropriate gift for her. And Dean was like, that's fine. Mm -hmm. And then they're standing there. And Richard goes, how tall are you? And Dean says, why do you ask? Did you want to dance? And Richard's like, no, but thank you for the offer. And that's where the scene ends. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. 
It's an, <laughs> like, I think it's supposed to be a joke. Yeah. It just didn't, like, read that way. It just, yeah, it just doesn't hit. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it's kind of funny, but I don't know. Yeah. I wanted, like, a little bit more tension here because it, they left with this, like, big uproar, and then all of a sudden it's just, like, cool, calm, collected. Mm-hmm. And I think there just need it just needed something more to it. Yeah. And I can't figure out what that is. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean I get why Richard want the car <clears throat> checked. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I just wanted there to be a little <clears throat> bit more like frustration between the two of them. Yeah. But I feel like it was resolved so quickly. And the only reason it was resolved is because they both agree they want her safe. That's it. Like, it could have been yeah. anything. But I I don't know. It felt like it was missing a mark a little bit. Yeah. It was boring. Yeah. That's exactly <laughs> it. That is exactly it. Like, this whole episode, as you can tell, we've stayed really on track conversation-wise. <laughs> And it's just, like, I'm sick of it. Uh-huh. I want it to be over. It's almost over. Yeah. Okay. Stay with us, people. <laughs> it's almost over. We are now with Rory carrying two very full grocery-sized bags of Chinese food. And that probably smells divine. Mm. I'm getting hungry for lunch. <laughs> and she's walking by the video store and she sees her picture. It says citizen of the month. And then it's a picture of Rory. And she's like, "Ugh." and Jess walks up and they have this little exchange back and forth. And she's like, I hate this photo. I hate what this is. The only things that aren't behind the curtain are Bambi and Dumbo, which is funny because I forgot she references Bambi, and earlier I said Bambi is probably behind the curtain because the mother gets shot. (laughs) But Jess reassures her that the photo won't be there for long. She's like, what are you talking about? And he starts to walk away. And before he does that, though, he does this really sly compliment to Rory. Mm -hmm. Where he says, well, the people in there are dumb, but the picture is fine. Mm. And I was like, mm-hmm, it is. <laughs> Thank you. F-I-N-E. Yeah. And she's like, tell me what you're going to do right now. I'll give you an egg roll. And he comes back and he goes, well, I just thought the next person who rents Bambi should get a little surprise. She's like, what, what kind of surprise? And he kind of alludes to the fact that he switched the DVDs around. First of all, did he rent the movies and switch them? Or did he just do it while he was in the store? Um, Because if he rented them, Kirk should have been suspicious. Why would Jess be renting Bambi? No, he didn't rent it. He just did it in the store. Yeah. And what movie do you think he would likely replace it with? Deer Hunter. Mm, totally. <laughs> and that's actually a callback. Yeah. That's a good idea. I don't know. I, I'm guessing something like clever yeah. and dark. It just reminds me of um, Fight Club. Did you see Fight Club? Um, 
No, I've never heard of or seen it. Okay. Fight Club? Yes, I've seen Fight Club. I'm sorry, I don't think Bryn's ever seen Fight Club. What? Yeah. And I read it. The book is crazy. Chuck Palahniuk. Yeah. So in that movie, for those of you that have not seen it, you should see it. Um, A character, Tyler Durden, cuts like a millisecond of like an adult film and puts it into like children's cartoons. Mm -hmm. And this is like when movies were on projection and not you know, just like a DVD or whatever that they use now. Mm-hmm. But it made me think of that. Totally. And um, he was like, you owe me an egg roll. And she smiles and is on her way again. Mm-hmm. So he's still finding moments where she's alone, where he can talk with her and see her. He's always prowling. Yeah. I'm not complaining. No, me either. But, you know, whatever. It's our podcast, so we can be fine with it. (laughs) Um, Then we cut. Oh, my gosh. I totally skipped over. Yeah, I was wondering. I was like. um, Hold on. Hold the clock. I got too excited (laughs) about Jess. And I thought maybe I'm remembering it wrong. Maybe they did that first. So, no, no, no. You just. You can always interrupt me <laughs> if I get, like, if I jump the gun on I just, something. Because we watched it. We just powered through and watched it all. So I yes. thought I remember it, remembered it yes, out of order. Yes. Okay. So before Rory has the food, she runs off with Lorelai's money and to get dinner because Richard said she can drive the car. And Richard's like, why wouldn't you let me pay for dinner? And she's like, because it'll lessen the blow of what I'm about to do right now. And she basically, like, goes all in on Richard saying, this is my house. This is my home. I this decide, is my daughter. Yep. I decide what's right or wrong for her. And if she wants to hang out with... What was it? Patricia Krenwinkel. I will say, grab a sweater and go. And you can't say anything about it. And for those of you that do not know, Patricia Krenwinkel is a reference to the Mason family. Manson family. That was like... (laughs) The Manson family. Oh, okay. I didn't know that name off the top of my head. Yes. Um, She was also known as Big Patty, Yellow Marine Reeves, and Mary Ann Scott. But to the family, she was known as Katie. (laughs) Okay. That's a lot (laughs) of names. Please don't call me Big Patty. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I'm okay. quite actually hate that name. Um, But... She um, would not be a great person to send your daughter with a sweater and just go. So Richard says, you know, he kind of takes it all in and then he goes, do you think I don't know why I'm here? It's because my wife is annoyed with me and now I am a burden to my daughter. Okay. Did this bring up, um, did this trigger anything as a reference to you in your mind when he was saying the speech? Trigger a reference? He's like, I'm a burden to my family. Okay. No, what? It's like that, like, it's from Pride and Prejudice. Pride and Prejudice. 
You know, and they have that always on TikTok where the girl's like, I'm 27 years old. I have no money and no prospects. I'm already a burden to my parents. And I'm frightened. <laughs> I haven't cool. never... People, like, people will, like, put it on, like, cakes and stuff. Oh, I've never that seen cool? that. <laughs> I've also never seen Pride and Prejudice. Oh, okay. But my mother-in-law watch would, like, watch it religiously. Okay. Um, she's probably seen it more than a hundred times. Um... The one with Keira Knightley is, like, good, but I grew up hardcore. Hardcore with Colin Firth. <laughs> Colin Firth. Damn, he is Mr. Darcy to me. Okay. And, well, you were, you've seen Bridget Stone's Diary. No, I have not. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's Pride and Prejudice, but it's, like, updated, so it's... And Colin Firth is also like Mr. Darcy in that one, too. Interesting. So cool. But anyways, yeah. But when he's doing this, like, speech of being a burden to his family. Yeah. It's so sad. It is quite possibly the saddest monologue ever. Where he's like, I've become one of those men that sits at the club at 3 p.m. Drinking brandy. brandy and playing cards. Playing craps. No. <laughs> yeah. He says and craps. No, but... I don't think so either. But he could be. Oh. And Lorelai doesn't say a word. And then he goes, I think I'll take a rain check on dinner. I am not. I'm no longer hungry. And he leaves. <sighs> and Lorelai. Stop him. She can't because she is embarrassed and probably a little humiliated. Yeah. I would have stopped him and be like, no dad, you're right. I'm an asshole to get in here and eat your goddamn Chinese food. Just apologize. Like I'd be like, you are annoying. I want you to know you're annoying, but but I love you and you're not a burden. And he's like, you never invited me to your home. And now the only reason I can think of is my change in employment. And mm-hmm. it's like, yikes. It makes me feel for Richard. Like, that's probably very hard. Because he was like, I was a productive member of society and yeah. now I'm nothing. Like, he is of the generation that defines themselves by their work. Oh, yeah. And know? he's very, like... I love that in Sopranos when he's telling, um, Tony's telling his therapist, um, you know, the Gary Cooper quote. Mm-hmm. He's like, I was raised to be like, you know, the Gary Cooper, strong, silent type. Mm-hmm. And like, there is that notion with that kind of generation where it's very like, I'm not going to show you a lot what's going on. Inside me, like he knew this whole time that Emily yeah. didn't want him, right? But he played it so aloof, even when Lorelai's like being rude to him, right? And he wasn't ever going to say anything. It was really only when Lorelai like mm-hmm. decided, "I'm going to tell him off." Yeah, and he was like, "Fine, I'll I'll tell you. I'll tell you what's going on then. If you want to be I'm like not dumb, that. yeah." Yep, exactly. I see how you and your mother are doing to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I Oh, Richard. I feel for him. That's probably very hard. But, okay. 
So that happens. Then the Rory and Jess thing happens. And then we see Richard coming home and he kind of sneaks into the door and Emily approaches him, gives him a big kiss, asks him about his day, if he needs dinner. And she's and he says, oh, no, we had Chinese food. So he lies about the dinner. And that's when you turn to me and you're like, this is sad. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like he's lying to Emily about his day. And she's so happy. She is so happy. She's so happy that he had a good day. And I'm sure he's like, everyone is happy when when I'm I'm not not around. around. Fuck. Me too, Richard. Just kidding. Stop. (laughs) And um, he says that he's still energized from the day, so he's going to organize his stamp collection. (laughs) Oh, okay. Emily makes him a drink, gives him a big kiss, and he she goes upstairs. He goes to his study and he sits in the chair and probably reflects on the (laughs) happenings of the day. Turns the light off. Yeah, sits in the dark. Sad day. At least it's not funny. He's a sad man. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you would find it funny. I know. It's okay. He'll get over it in like three episodes, so <laughs> it'll be fine. But I, that's it. That's, that's the it. episode. It's uh, nothing big happens. No, so it's just kind of. We don't even get like a solution with the Paris thing. No, they didn't really. Yeah, that was another kind of storyline where it's like, oh, okay. But uh, planting seeds. Yeah, definitely. We got the car. Uh, Dean bringing the car that Jess and Rory are going to crash. Mm-hmm. Spoiler um, alert. Yeah, everybody knows that. <laughs> if they're listening to this, they're. Yeah, yeah totally. Well, I mean, I assume. I would assume that no, they've seen you're these fine. episodes. We've spoiled other things. And Yale. Yale's and Yale. planted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it almost makes me wonder if Amy and Dan were like, these are the points you have to hit. I don't care how you get hit them, Just but they need to be introduced. Yeah, because like he says, I'm going to make some calls and get Rory an interview over there. Yeah. Or, or like a, which he does. Yep. Yep. We're going to see it. It's coming up. So uh, let's get into the town meeting. Okay. We call this town meeting to order. For this town meeting, we'll start off with what we usually go through, our uh, pop culture references. We had 41 references in this episode. It's a pretty heavy reference episode. I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that we are all over the place in this episode. So we get a lot of different references. This one will absolutely be a two-parter, and you can find it on our TikTok. And uh, next week, we have my favorite episode of season two. It is season two, episode 13, A Tisket, A Tasket. It's a good one. It's so good. We have a guest. Uh, Our friend Jenny is on the podcast. She's She's the coolest. And we actually recorded these out of order. So we actually recorded with her last week. And it was so much fun. And when she sat down, she's like, I feel like I'm watching like a live recording. Yeah, like, it's she's like so a live cute. session. <laughs> and I was like, thank you. That makes us feel like mildly professional. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jenny has like the best outfits. And yes. 
Yeah, so I will link her great pictures stuff below. And, yeah. Um, so yeah, next week is a really fun one, and then we are gonna attempt to record after the Taylor Swift concert the next day. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's gonna be tough, but fortunately, we will have Mary back mm-hmm. with Christian, her boyfriend, and that'll probably hype us up a little bit. Yeah, because I'm definitely planning on two martinis before the show or three. Okay. Oh my god. I might be saying stuff. I cannot wait. It's going to be so (laughs) much fun. We got our outfits pretty much all planned out. I mean, it's going to be epic. It's going to be so cool. I'll share some pictures on the IG when it happens. But um, yeah, we'll have a recording the next day. Yeah. With so when we Christian. record the other Lorelei and we sound tired, <laughs> that's why. Or we might not have a voice. I don't know. We'll yeah. see what but happens. We have the two other guests who can do the work for us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just send Mary a message now. You're really going to have to carry this episode. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm excited about that. And then. Um, the second half of this season is a wild ride, Woo-hoo. quite literally. Ugh. So, continuing on, Elise, you had mentioned at the top of the episode that you had something about Richard to share, and I'm very curious what this is. Um, it's not about Richard. Okay. So, honest. Well, now I feel like I have to share something about Richard. No, you don't. Um, this is. In honor of Ed Herman. Oh, okay. I love that. It's just for him. Since he's no longer with us and he's one of our beloved males of the show. Okay. Okay. This is for Ed. (laughs) Oh, no. Now I'm like, what is this? Okay. I know Ed as how I associate Ed Herman is Goldie Hawn's husband in Overboard. Okay. And he's hilarious in it. So I was just going to do a quite a quick reenactment of some of his scenes. Okay. But only through vocal. Okay. I love it. Okay. So. Should I close my eyes and <laughs> you, like you don't see have, if you can I do, can. You can do whatever you want to okay. do. But okay. Overboard is an 80s movie. It's a rom-com. Kurt Russell, Goldie Hawn, Ed Herman. Uh, Goldie Hawn is a very rich, wealthy woman who owns a yacht. She's a terrible person. She hires a carpenter to remodel her yacht. That is Kurt Russell, obviously. Mm-hmm. They get in a fight. She kicks him off overboard, throws his tools in the water. He's mad. Whatever. She gets amnesia. Somehow Kurt Russell gets Goldie Hawn to think that he's her, his wife. Okay. Big, crazy plot device. Anyways, just so people know what overboard is. Okay. Okay, now I'm nervous. Why? I don't know. Give me a second, Amy, okay? I'm going to close my eyes so you don't feel like I'm staring at you. Okay. So, I'll just do some of Richard's lines. Okay. Okay. The movie starts off with Goldie Hawn. I cannot, I repeat, cannot sit in the cesspool by the sea with nothing to do. So while you repair your silly boat engines, I've decided to do some remodeling. Ed Herman. Well, do whatever, Diddums. I'm hunting skeet. Enter Kurt Russell. Hello, Mr. Staten? 
at Herman. State your purpose. <laughs> Kurt Russell. Oh, that's a nice looking weather bee you got there, Ed Herman. It's a very expensive gun. I own lots and lots of them. Kurt Russell. You hired a carpenter? Ed Herman. That's my wife's department. <laughs> and then he goes, Joanna, I need you tonight. And then Goldie Hawn goes, ugh. And Ed Herman goes, how can you have your period every week? Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Never seen this movie ever. Um, interesting. But then, yeah, it's hilarious. He just I, plays like this asshole and he gets rid of his wife. He says when she has amnesia, he doesn't know her. He goes, I've never seen her in my life. And then he pulls off in the yacht and he goes, Joanna decided to leave me. Let's celebrate. <laughs> what? It's so funny because I... I've never seen that, but also this is what I know him for. It's Kill. Not girls? Yeah. Well, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've never seen him in anything else. Okay. And so when I saw Gilmore Girls, I'm like, oh, Grant Staten. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nope, not me. But I, yeah, it's really hard because when he died, what year did he die? Okay, so he died in 2014. Actually, he died a few months after Bryn and I started dating. And Did I, you cry in front of Bryn? No. Oh, yeah. But I cried when I found out, and then I think I started <laughs> no. watching the show over from the beginning at that mm-hmm. point. Because um, there was a long stretch of my life where I didn't own a television when I lived by myself. There's been stretches where, yeah. And so, like, all I could watch were DVDs or whatever I had. I remember those stages. Yep. Yep. And so I didn't watch Gilmore Girls then because I couldn't afford. I was, like, a brand new teacher. I wasn't going to go and buy, like, the whole entire DVD collection. Mm -hmm. Because... Those expensive. They're expensive. They're expensive now. They were even more expensive back then, Mm -hmm. I feel. So it's like all right, I guess I won't watch it. And then, you know, Netflix became a thing where it was streaming and it's been on there. I feel like it's been on there ever since. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. It's when he died, it was hard for me um, because I just associate him with the show. He's like a grandfather figure Mm -hmm. for me. And... um. We can get into this when we do the revival, but I do think they did a really great job handling that delicately and and mm-hmm. beautifully, um, which I think he deserves. And I think, you know, for them, that probably for all of them was really hard. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't know, but not yeah, to end on like funny. a downer point, but hooey. <laughs> so... Okay. Well, thanks for letting me like do some of my overboard lines. Yeah, I mean, I just need you all to know she did not have a phone. She <laughs> just did that from her brain. It's kind of how Elise works. Sometimes. Yeah. I did. I should have rehearsed it, but I just thought of it in the car. 
So all of car your great here. ideas come to you in the car, like that poem about Michael. Yep, Kettleman. I miss him. <clears throat> all, all that reminds all, me all that full circle. That also reminds me of the Goldie Hawn movie, First Wives Club. Oh, sure. And she's riding on the treadmill, and she goes, "All my great ideas come from physical fitness or something." Yeah. Okay. She goes, it clears my head, gets my booze out of my system. Oh, my God. Her name's also Elise in it. With a Y? With an I. Mm-hmm. You know, I... I gotta say, like, directorially, I could... Nothing in this episode impressed me. Like, it was fine. I mean, it was nice to see Luke, like, when he went to go get the grapefruit... You could see him yeah. outside the window. Sure. That's kind of cool. Yeah. And like Michelle in the background. But also mm-hmm. some of that to me is is also, is that the actor's choice? Yeah. Or were they directed? There's like a weird fine line with that. Writing wise, this episode was kind of boring. Yeah. Um, and we don't get a lot of resolution at the end. With, like, the Paris thing. And we saw too much of, like, yes, we get it. Richard is being annoying. Right. But I think they felt like if the episode's going to be called Richard in Stars Hollow, we need to have a lot of Richard in it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we end on him saying he feels obsolete. So that's where we're at. But next week, I promise, it's a good episode. It's super fun. We have a great time. We all made our own baskets mm-hmm. and shared them. So I'm excited to show the pictures and videos of that. Um, yeah, that's it. I don't foresee any more hiatuses in the future. So we'll see how things progress and go this summer. Um, but for the most part, it's like steady from here. Mm-hmm. We just wanted to get ahead so when we're traveling this summer, it's... Or if we ever get sick or anything. Yeah. It's just better to be ahead. And then I don't have to edit, you know, in one day. Yeah. That helps a lot, mm-hmm. too. So yeah. uh, you can find us at underscore growing up Gilmore underscore on TikTok and all that jazz. Instagram, everything. The and, lists are up on Pinterest. And coming soon, hell. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. So we love, love, love that people are listening. Um, I know we went on a short break last week. And on our Instagram, someone commented, you know, I'm so sad. I was really looking forward to the episode because I had a long drive. But um, sorry, she said, that sucks. I know. (laughs) Then she said, I'm so glad that you guys got to enjoy a, a time off. And I was like, that's so nice. No one ever encourages us to take time <laughs> off. <laughs> but it is like, I mean, we've been, this is like episode 33 right now because the first season is 21. Oh, yeah. So we've been in almost 31 weeks in a row. That's crazy. That's insane. I've seen Elise 31 weeks in a row. And I've changed a lot as a person, I feel like. <clears throat> yeah, we've really come a long <laughs> way. We've grown. And I've, I think I might start talking like this more on the podcast. Just, okay. Just to shake it up. Yeah. Why the need... fuck not? Oh, no, I'm going to Samantha territory. Yeah, I was like, you're getting a little. 
Sex in the City on us. Okay, well, friends, we're just in a chatty mood today. Uh, thank you so much for listening. And we. Yeah, thank you guys. We will. Uh, thank you. Thank you. And um, we'll see you next week. What do you think about that, Amy? Yeah, I think next <laughs> I'm week's sorry, good. Creepy. Just be prepared because next. <laughs> Next week's episode that we record, you won't hear it for a while, but uh, we'll be tired. You'll hear it. Mm-hmm. I know you will. But we'll make it happen. And Karma will be our boyfriend. Karma is a cat in our laps, sitting in my lap, purring mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it loves me. Me. Yep. Okay, everyone. Bye. Bye. <laughs>